You're listening to Life and Leadership, A Conscious Journey, the podcast that shares wisdom and strength. Join your host, Dr. Michelle St. Jane's weekly conversation on how to have a positive impact for people, planet, and the wider world. If you want to live a life of intention, be proactive with your time, and bring your vision for the future to life one today at a time, you are in the right place at the right time. Let's get started. Meredith Bell is the author of three books, an entrepreneur, speaker, publisher of assessment and development tools. She also hosts Strong Performance Podcasts, where she interviews business leaders who are committed to their own growth and the development of their people. She is the co-founder and president of Performance Support Systems, a global software company providing assessment and development tools for the workplace. Their award-winning software and books guide leaders and team members to make the shift from knowing to doing. The result is permanent improvements in the way people interact with each other at work. Meredith Bell, thank you for joining me. I'm looking forward to sharing all your wisdom, strength, and ideas. First up, what is your motto? Well, I decided that I was going to be known as the heart-centered connector because so many people have told me any of those combination of words over a period of time. I have a purpose statement, which is to serve and love profoundly so others appreciate their value and maximize it. So that's a mouthful to say to people when meeting them. But one of the things I do want them to know is that I am here to be of service. And so being heart-centered and wanting to connect others with other people, other resources that may be of value to them, that's what really drives me. Oh, I love how you show up in the world. So what do you most value in your work colleagues? In my work colleagues, I have my two business partners that I've worked with for over 30 years now. And so we just have this deep love, respect, and trust with each other. Over the years, you can imagine, we've really discovered our individual strengths and how to leverage those. And so one of the things that I think we're really good at is acknowledging each other and expressing appreciation for the unique skills or talents that each one of us brings to the table. Because there are things I don't enjoy doing, things I'm not as good at, and I have a business partner who is. So it's one of those things where I think a key element was we each brought a high level of emotional intelligence to the table. So that when we've had differences over the years, which, you know, like any relationship, you're going to have differences, we can work through those because there's this foundation of mutual trust and respect. And at the hub of it all is communication. I really appreciate how you show up. One of the questions that you're often asked, and I'm going to do it too, is why are communication skills hard skills and not soft skills? Because they're not easy to do. I think it's a misnomer to call them soft skills, because if you cannot connect effectively with another person in the way each of you interacts with each other, you're going to have trouble getting things done. You're going to have trouble at work producing the results that need to be produced and at home living a fulfilling, enjoyable family life. So they're hard because most of us, Michelle, have not been raised learning how to do those skills well. And so we have these established patterns that sometimes don't work that well for us. 
And anytime we need to make a shift from how we've been doing something to how we need to do it now, it's hard because we physically have this wiring in our brain that has to be overcome, if you will, by another pattern that becomes stronger than that existing one. And that's hard. It takes practice over time and it takes patience with ourselves and patience from others until we make those improvements. Absolutely. I come from a Welsh heritage, so I have the gift of the gap. But my biggest learning has been to move into listening conversations, which was really driven by my careers in the corporate world, but also by my children and grandchildren. So what quality do you most admire in women in the corporate realm? You know, I have to say that acknowledgement of their own strengths and a willingness to speak up on behalf of themselves Because I think I grew up in a generation where women were not as acknowledged. And unfortunately, that's still true in many places today. And so for someone to be willing to speak their truth, not in an abrasive way, but in a strong, positive way, so that they are standing up for themselves, I just think that's huge. So what qualities do you admire and mean today in the corporate world? Something that you alluded to, which is listening, not feeling they have to, showboat's not the right word, but dominate, be the winner, but be willing to listen and acknowledge other people's perspectives and points of view, and also being sensitive to others and whether they are contributing or not, and making sure, in other words, having their radar up so that they're paying attention to everyone and picking up what people are feeling or not saying, and encourage them to speak up. Absolutely. So Meredith, tell us, what does it look like to be a truly powerful listener? (laughs) Well, for one thing, you're not waiting for your turn to talk. (laughs) That's too often what listening becomes, and you miss so much. If you are mainly waiting for somebody else to stop talking so you can speak. So to be a really good listener means you're taking in everything not just the words the person is saying, how they're saying those words. If it's a visual exchange, you know, what do they look like? What do they sound like? What's their body language? So you're getting the entire picture, not just those individual words. You're also checking to make sure that you're understanding what the other person really is saying. Too often we make assumptions that we've got the message, then we respond based on what we think we heard instead of checking first. So having this sort of humble approach to just check with the person. Too often, Michelle, I think people think listening is passive. I'm sitting there letting the other person go on and on. That's not it either. Skillful listening is checking in with the person to clarify and make sure you've got what they've said up to a certain point and maybe even asking a question. So is that what you meant when you said this? just to make sure you're getting it. Those kinds of interactions, I think, are so important. And the beauty of that approach is the other person then feels heard, feels understood and valued. Absolutely, and seen as well. So building on what you've just said, what words and phrases do you, Meredith, think are most overused? What I hear you saying is, (laughs) that's a phrase that was around when active listening became very popular. And there are different ways of saying something similar. But 
what I think we want to do in communication is simply be ourselves, be natural. And so to use a phrase like, well, it sounds like you're really upset about this because another aspect of listening well is being empathetic to get the feelings that the person is conveying, whether they state those feelings or not. And so again, checking to see what it is that we interpret the person is saying to see if we're on track. Absolutely. And having had a past career as a lawyer in contentious issues, I have often encouraged my clients to use the words, I understand. Very hard to argue with, but can be very affirming if someone's open to that. So Meredith, you've authored three books. I'd love for you to speak to the latest one. Is that Connect With Your Team? The Connect With Your Team and Peer Coaching Made Simple were created at about the same time because Connect With Your Team is all about the top 10 communication skills. And what we decided to do was simply provide a practical guide for people. So there's no fluff. There's no theory. Here's what listening is. Here's how you can do it well. And we give some dialogues. Here's what it doesn't look like done well. You know, when it's done poorly, here's what it looks like and sounds like when it's done well. And we realized that you can't just have someone read a book. It's important for them when they're practicing skills to have support because anytime you're trying to change your behavior, it's not easy. And so that's why we wrote the Peer Coaching Made Simple book so people could work in partners as they're trying to improve a communication skill and have someone else who's not just holding them accountable, but being a real support to them, offering encouragement and actually practicing some of those communication skills as they're being a peer coach. Yeah, having accountability buddies can be key. I know when I'm showing up, if someone's there wanting to know, have you done or can you tell me how, I'm prepared. So frustration, clearly that's often a piece of human life. And personally, with my sense of humor, I like to turn frustration into fun. What do you suggest to help people keep people motivated to learn? One thing is just to recognize we all have to start somewhere. And so if we think, all right, it's natural for me to revert back to the other way because it's the one I've used for so long. It's my automatic response. And I think one way to avoid being frustrated is simply being honest with other people and saying, I really want to work on being a better listener, especially when it comes to interrupting. I know I've done that in the past. And so I really want your help with that. And in fact, this is something my two business partners and I worked on together because one tended to interrupt. And so we just use things like a stop sign saying, don't interrupt, or simply saying, please let me finish. And so asking others for their support, I think is a key element because then you feel like you're not in it alone and you're not having to try to be perfect. They know that you're simply working to make improvements and they can be a nice gauge for you. And I think just realizing too often, and you know this, Michelle, we tell ourselves stories, you know, about we have these thoughts. And then when we believe these thoughts, like, oh, this is so hard, we start acting as if that thought is true when in fact, it's just a thought. And so to reframe how we approach making a change as this is going to be fun. You know, I'm going to treat it as a game. I'm going to win some rounds. I might lose a few, but overall I'm in it to play my best and give it my best shot. And I just think that the way we think about it and frame it makes a huge difference in how we actually behave in the world. 
oh, I often have to play secretary to the story in my head is I'm like, let's test the evidence on that. Let's verify. Let's have a conversation. And thank you for bringing up interrupting. Zoom has a tool called Mute and being a serial interrupter whose mind's going at 100 miles an hour, the mute button, I might mouth something, but the mute button stops me interrupting (laughs) overtly. (laughs) See, you have a tool. Yeah, so to quote something from your website, sounds ambitious. So how can companies economically provide coaching for everyone at all levels? I mean, that's got to be a bit of a challenge. Well, it is because they can't afford really to bring in a coach for every person. And that's why we have our two books together, the Connect With Your Team and the Peer Coaching, because really anyone can learn to be a peer coach. It doesn't require certification. It simply requires a willingness to be of help to someone else as they're working to make improvements. So there are some basic skills What is required, because we've learned over the years, and I know you know this is true, you can't just hand someone a book or two books and say, okay, start using this. There needs to be someone in the role of a facilitator, like an internal champion who's keeping this going, who's kicking it off and then helping people work through the process and even giving them an opportunity to talk in a group at fairly, you know, often or frequent intervals, just to check in and see how things are going. So it is definitely possible to do this. And part of it is incorporating or involving people who are interested and willing to participate. Because I'm sure you've seen this yourself over the years, you get a lot better result when someone is raising their hand or willingly saying, yes, I'd like to be a part of that, as opposed to mandating everybody must do this. It's always good to start with a group that's enthusiastic and then they help spread the word to others. You have been on an amazing journey, author, entrepreneur, just across many levels. What has been your favorite part, Meredith? Oh, no doubt the relationships I've been able to form. I love meeting new people. I love forming relationships that last over time. Some of our clients who've used our software products have worked with us for over 20 years. And so, you know, I've been able to watch their children, grandchildren. We become good friends. They're not just someone who buys our products and does business with us. And I love that aspect of what I do. I'm really all about relationships and bringing value to others, whether it's an idea that I might share, whether it's a book or products. I just have thoroughly enjoyed having a positive impact on the lives of other people and see them improve their own lives, both at work and at home. Oh gosh, your words are so wonderful. So just as we wrap up, Meredith, I'm going to have your contact, social channels, websites, everything in the show notes, but any final words, anything you would like to share with my global audience? I would just say one of the key skills that I feel is so important in our book that gets overlooked is expressing appreciation. Too often we get so busy, we overlook saying something positive to another person to let them know what we value about them as a human being or as a contribution that they've made. And I just take issue with any manager that says, well, that's what we're paying them for. That's what they're supposed to be doing. All human beings have a need to be acknowledged or recognized. 
I'm not talking phony praise. I'm talking about genuinely looking for opportunities to notice when people are doing things well and then to comment on it. People will do this when someone takes time to do this for another human being. It can last forever. It's something they carry with them. It helps build them up to want to give more of themselves. So that would be my closing thought is look for opportunities to affirm the good that others are doing. Well, I so appreciate how you show up in the world and your contribution and gift of knowledge and time for my audience. Thank you, Meredith. Thank you. Dr. Michelle St. Jane is a conscious steward of meaningful leadership in the world and the wider cosmos. Tune in every Thursday for real talk around life, leadership, and your conscious journey. Be ready to create and cultivate your dreams and soul-hearted desires. Your support is valued. Please subscribe. Leave a review and a rating. But more importantly, share with your connections.